0: You know, years ago, the girls and I watched a Bollywood film just out of the blue. It was called Pride and and Prejudice. It was a takeoff. And I, I was fascinated with it because the colors, the clothing, the makeup, the beauty, the culture, everything about it was fascinating to me.
1: Join me on an adventure, a literary romp through India. Meet me at the corner of Patchouli and Chai, where books, cinema, and conversation collide. I'm Lovelace Cook. I'll be your tour guide. Welcome to Bollywood and Books. Hi, Kathy. Gorgeous.
0: Well, it's a uh, Sunday morning. Uh, maybe I'm just feeling blessed today or something.
1: <laughs> oh, you look wonderful. And I see you have the bling on.
0: Well, I've, I've kind of gone Bollywood. And of course, I have on my mandatory Pulpwood Queen tiara. And this was a gift from one of my friends that she bought in the Parisian flea market.
1: Oh, it's gorgeous. I have my tiara, but it doesn't quite work, work with, with the, the head- headphones. Yes. I do have it beside me. I know a little bit about you. And I know that you are Kathy L. Murphy, the Pulpwood Queen. Tell me how you reached the point where you became the Pulpwood Queen.
0: Well, it's not anything that I planned. My whole life has been a, a series of just survival of when one thing didn't work, I had to try something else. So I was a book publisher's rep and I lost my job because the big box stores came and started closing the independents in the territory I was in where all the stores were being closed. So I ended up opening the only hair salon bookstore in the country. This was January 18th of 2000. And shortly after I opened, opened my hair salon bookstore, because I'm a hairdresser, that's how I put myself through college, I had the local book club invite me to join their book club meeting. And I thought they were inviting me to be a member. But I found out at the end of the meeting, they were only inviting me to be a guest. And when I said, what are we going to read next week, the hostess jumps up pulled me out into the galley of her beautiful plantation home. And she said, oh, I'm so sorry. And she's whispering. She goes, I think you misunderstood. We can only have eight in our book club because that's all that fits around the table. So we just invite you as a guest. And she goes, unless somebody dies or moves away, she goes, I'm sorry. I I hope you understand. I was really kind of in shock. So I, you know, when I went back in the room, nobody made eye contact. So I made this excuse. I had to pick up my kids from school and I left. And as I was leaving, I thought, who made up that rule? There could only be eight in a book club. And it's kind of one of those things that you think you're invited into something and you're actually being blackmailed. And I thought, That's not right. I'm going to start my own book club and we're going to be an inclusive book club. We're going to welcome everybody, regardless of race, color, religion, economic background, whatever, whoever wants to join can join. And we're going to wear the crown which I have on, because we're beautiful within because we're readers. And it's so important to know that don't we all deserve to wear the crown? I mean, we all have worked so hard in everything we do. And I thought this will be a wonderful way for me to discuss books with people that something I always wanted to do when I was on the road, I couldn't do it. I started my own book club. And I think at first, everybody really thought it was a joke. I ran an ad in the paper and six women showed up. I didn't know any of them. And they were well-educated women librarians, world travelers. And they just came out of curiosity thinking, what would a hairdresser know about running a book club? But they did not know that I ran out of money after my first two years of school. I had two sisters starting. So I had gone to a beauty school with a friend to get so she could get a haircut. And back then, minimum wage was like $1.19. And I thought, I'm never going to get through school if I get a minimum wage job. I'll work all this summer to raise money to go to beauty school. And I did it because I thought hair is an art form. And it still is to me. I mean, it's creating beauty. And that's what I'm trying to put out into the world, the beauty of reading and letting everybody know that by reading, we are creating Ourselves to be more beautiful from the inside. We have more empathy, more kindness, and more understanding of a greater world than just the small world we may live in. So that's where it all began, Lovelace. And it was a very simple place. And it was just me trying to show, you know, go against the status quo that I didn't even want to be in their book club after I learned that they just only let (laughs) eight people in, you know. And I thought, well, how did I come to that meeting? I always ask the questions.
1: Let's talk about your beauty shop and bookstore, mm-hmm. because it was Beauty and the Book.
0: Beauty and the Book. That was give, That name was given to me by, I was on uh, the board of the Mid-South Children's Booksellers. My friend, Jennifer Anglin, who owned the Children's Bookstore in Dallas, I said, what should I name my store, Jennifer? It's a hair salon bookstore. I mean, people go, which came first? And I go, they were opened at the same time. She goes, well, Beauty and the Book. And it's funny, through the years, people have called it a lot of different things. Booty and the Book, Beauty and the Beast. I mean, I get these checks with the beauty by the book. I mean, people always get it wrong. And it's just simple. It's a beauty shop, bookstore, Beauty in the Book. And I ran it for 13 years.
1: That's probably when we first met. And I'm, mm-hmm. I really don't know how, possibly through Joyce Dixon, who had the Southern Porch. I wanted to go from the tiara-wearing book sharing.
0: and Yeah, you know, I'm one of these people just happen to be at the right place at the right time because when I opened... Within a relatively small amount of time, I got a call from the Oprah Winfrey organization. They wanted to come and do a show called Dallas Style and Feature Me. They thought it was clever to do a beauty shop bookstore because what do women do in the shop when they're waiting for their hair to process or, you know, back in the day sitting under the dryer? They read. They came and did a show. And it, it was so funny because I was on the show with this little unknown singing sensation and her name was Beyonce. <laughs> I think she's gotten a lot further than me. That first story went on to being featured on Good Morning America and Newsweek Time, Wall Street Journal. I had a Los Angeles Time reporter come and follow me around to a week because I kept starting more chapters as we grew. We went from seven, eight people almost overnight to over 100. And then we started opening other chapters in the surrounding Arklatex. And so when she came, I had 12 and Mary McNamara was her name. And she ran a story on in the Sunday edition of the Los Angeles Times, the, their entertainment calendar. And I made the front page and a full centerfold. And it was called The Tastemaker. And I got over a thousand calls in two days from every author, producer, Hollywood insider, wanting to know who I was. And then it just stopped just like that. It's been like that ever since I started and I'm in the 21st year. Can you believe that? But the book was written because all this happened, I got a call from a small publisher and they said, "We want you to write the story of your first year. We've never heard of anybody having this kind of notoriety in the media." Yeah, I just it was just a sensation. I said, "Oh my gosh, you know, I've always wanted to be a writer, but I thought it would be a novel." And they said, "No, no, we want the story of your first year." And so as I was writing it, I had an author in that I met her publisher at Mid-South Booksellers Convention in New Orleans, and she was in my shop. And she said, you know, Kathy, I'm so excited to be here. Her book was called Making Waves, and it was about a woman who inherited her aunt's hair salon home. And she said, you know, I just married a New York Times bestselling author. I said, oh my gosh, really? Because I didn't know her. And she said, yes. Do you by any chance know Pat Conroy? I said, Do I know Pat Conroy? Yes, I do. I go, I love his books. In fact, Marley Russoff, who was with Bantam Double Day Dell, through her and my rep, I got to meet him in person in Dallas. And she goes, Marley Russoff is now an agent. She's my agent and Pat's agent. You should write a book. And I go, Well, I am. And the next thing I knew, Marley called me and she said, Don't sign that contract. Let's take you to New York. Who has this kind of stuff happened? I said, "Really?" She goes, "Yeah, let's let's do a query and let's pitch it." I went to Book Expo and we went around. We had all these people bidding on it, my story. And she's the one that came up with a Pulp of Queens tear-wearing book sharing guide to life. And I remember when she told me she what we would call it, a guide to life. I just taken a dr- drink of coffee and I just spit it all across my laptop because I said, oh my gosh, Marley! no, everything I've learned has been through a series of unfortunate events. So the better to tell the story than you. You're so inspiring. You always, you find a way and it's always through the love of books. So that's how that book got published by Grand Central Publishing.
1: I just want to say, you have the who's who of book blurbs, Pat Conroy on the back cover. And I know he adored you. Yes. And James Patterson, you won yeah. an award.
0: James Patterson, a page-turner award. Yes, he's and he's lovely. We're actually now public. We were published by the same person. So I got to meet him at the Grand Central launch party at Grand Central Station. And that was a big thrill. I've always said it was a thrill to win that award. But what was even better for me was I won the award at the same time as Dolly Parton. And she's always been one of my heroes, she rose, I should say. So to win it alongside of somebody like that, that really made it for me because, and like being in that Oprah show with Beyonce, I'm like the Forrest Gump of publishing. <laughs> I get to be at the craziest places with the most amazing people. You do.
1: Let's circle back just for a minute to what you said about failure and success. How do all of these pieces All of the things that I've seen you go through that I know that you've gone through, how do they all fit together?
0: You never learn anything if you only have successes. I mean, the only way you're ever going to learn is to fail because you learned that didn't work. Only I had a, a really fabulous hairstylist cut my hair one time in a show. I was telling the story. He said, Do you, have you ever had any mistakes in coloring? I go, all the time. He goes, that's how you learn. Only we don't call them mistakes. You changed the word to discover. I discovered that didn't work. It's discoveries. So now I say, well, I learned that did not work. I discovered a better way. It sounds so much better than I've made mistakes all my life. I've made discoveries all my life. I love it. And I've used that ever since. But you really, you cannot ever become truly successful without working very, very hard and making a lot of discoveries.
1: <laughs> I agree entirely. Been there, yeah. done that. Yeah. I was thinking back. I know you interviewed Fanny Flagg at one time.
0: Yes, I had a talk show called The Beauty in the Book Show that was sponsored by Random House. And I interviewed 13 authors under the Random House umbrella. And we were trying to pitch it to go to a television series. And this was well before Netflix or anything. We were kind of ahead of our time. The television people weren't interested in a talk show about a book club. The cable shows weren't interested, so they decided they posted online. And do you know those crazy shows are being watched more now on YouTube than they were when they came out? But everybody from Yann Martell, Anna Quinlan, Pat Conroy, Fanny Flagg, Helen Simonson, Deborah Rodriguez. I did 13 authors, Karen Abbott. It was really wonderful. I just talked about my passion in reading and what what their story was. And so I'm actually going to be relaunching. I'm going to start it again because now everybody's going and I'm going to have my own Kathy L. Murphy YouTube show on my channel. Stay tuned for that. That's coming up.
1: Very, very exciting. I've watched you multitask, like nobody's business. First of all, I I know I've heard you talk about your theater background. Every video call, we are in like a set, a theater set. You've got set design. You're dressed up, dressed to the nines. And it's just fabulous. When I attended the 2020 Girlfriend's Weekend, and we'll talk about that because I want to hear more. I've never seen anything like it. Every you single one.
0: you have to come. You just you cannot describe it to people. It's one of those things you have to go.
1: Tell everyone, give the title of it and tell us about it.
0: Well, the for, after the first year, I had all these authors. They started calling me and wanting to come and I thought at the end of the year I'll have a party. My first salon was attached to my garage of my house out in the woods. So we set up tents and I had 25 it was Texas authors come in. And it was, I had Bob Phillips, the Texas country reporter, and I had a lot of really wonderful, famous uh, Texas authors. And I think we had just about as many people show up as we had authors, but it grew. And after three years, we moved into a convention center. We just had our 21st in January, but we did it virtual and online this year. I invite in all the public queens. I invite in all the authors in our 2022. It's going to be virtual and online again because of COVID. We're not ready to open up convention centers yet, but we're going to have it a week long with over a hundred authors. It's going to be, and we've got some big plans for some really exciting new things to add because now that we figured out how to do it online, now I know how I can really make it my own so stay tuned.
1: I don't know that there's anything you haven't made your own. You
0: can't see me, but I'm also an artist. I went back to college when I was 59 and I finally got my degree after seven universities, 43 years later, graduated from the University of Texas with my BFA. That was my main goal in life was to be an artist, but I always had my nose stuck in a book. And it's the reading of books that got me there. I have one of my art-inspired kimonos. I have on a very Bollywood-like necklace that I got from one of my friends' boutique. And of course, you know, I'm always changing my hair color and hairstyles and everything because I see it as an art form. It's just basically another way of creating art, whether fashion clothes. If you were, you could see the background of my house, it's a moving gallery. I've just been spring cleaning and I've got paintings all around me. I'm going to be doing a virtual tour coming up just to show everybody what I live in because people come here and they can't believe it because it's like somebody told me it's like a jewelry box exploded meets Moulin Rouge or something. I just surround myself with what I want to see. And this is beautiful to me. I love color. I love people and cultures. And so I always wear different costumes and I'm fascinated. And my book club that I started has always been diverse and global. We've picked books from around the world. And I've always armchair traveled and traveled to as many places as I could because after I read the books, I wanted to go there. I'm really excited to be here today because India is my number one bucket list place to go because during COVID, I started watching these Bollywood films. Talk about storytelling. Talk about art and color and dance and theater and over the top. And they're so happy. I'm watching a lot of other Indian films that touches upon some really incredible social issues that I just think everybody in the world should see. I'm so excited you started this podcast because we really need this. We really need to become more globally aware, more diverse. And once we see what other places are like, we're going to find out we may have look different We may dress differently, but we all have the same basic wants and needs. We all want to be loved and to love others. And everyone has a dream. Everybody has a dream. It's our job to be in service to others to help everybody go for their dream. Dream big. That's what I've always said. Our theme for next year is, you know, I have a dream too, because we want everybody to be on the same page that if you read you have been given the basic tools to educate yourself. And if you can't read, you are handicapped for life. So we need to promote literacy efforts like the Pat Conroy Literary Center. These are so important. Volunteer to read in libraries and schools and help children and do read-alouds and read to our own children. These are all very important and something that I, I practice when I preach.
1: You certainly do. Let's go back to Bollywood films because you've yeah. told me you are a very social person. Yes. You are you seem to like to live in the woods.
0: I lo- I love living in nature because I was an outdoor girl. I really thought when I was a little kid my sisters and I would act out our storybooks like the little rascals did. My favorite was Tarzan. Because I didn't want to be Jane. I wanted to be Tarzan. I wanted to swing through the jungle, wear animal skins, and have, you know, a pet monkey and a cheetah running with me. And in fact, I don't know if you've seen it, but I've got my stuffed tiger here. I've got all these giant stuffed big cats because I've always had a love for animals. I've got three rescue cats in the house, but I've had everything from squirrels, hermit crabs, turtles,
1: and the name of the place where you live and what you're going through right now. Let's talk about that, Kathy.
0: Well, I went through a divorce. It'll be eight years this fall. And in the divorce in Texas, since I opened my shop after I'd been married, I had to sell it. And it had to be divided. And I had to sell my home. I had to move. Both my children were in the University of Texas in Tyler. So I decided to move. I got a job as a youth director here in Hawkins, Texas. I found a little cabin in the woods. Outside of Hawkins, it's a gated community, and I feel very safe. It's very small, but it's got everything I need. I've been here eight years, and I love it. It's the perfect place if you're an artist or you need it quiet to do Zoom meetings or work on your art. I have converted my carport into an all-glass art studio, and it's called Murphy's Law. Because Murphy's Law, you know the old adage that if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. Well, that has just followed me. You know, I say that, but I've had just as many great things happen. But this year has been pretty devastating because we had an ice storm. Unprecedented since the 1960s hit and it burst all the pipes in my cabin, ruined my roofs, peeled the paneling on the side of my house, tore up my brand new camper trailer. And navigating insurance companies, I wouldn't wish it. You know, my grandfather used to always say, You never have to worry about going to heaven and hell when you die because they're both here on earth. And I believe it because what I've gone through with these insurance companies, I'm still, and this happened in February and it's April. I'm still waiting for the roofer to show up, but I'm in, I'm in the queue. There were 78 people behind me to get all their plumbing replumbed. And I got that done. I went three and a half weeks without water, running water. I had to melt snow to bathe and flush toilets. I didn't have any heating and air conditioning because the motherboard went out on my unit and they couldn't get the part. I, I know what it's like to live in the 1800s, man because I couldn't go anywhere, couldn't get out of my driveway. It was too thick with snow and ice. I learned how to live just off of what I had on hand. Former Girl Scout, be prepared.
1: You are the unsinkable Molly Brown. I've never seen anyone adapt with so much aplomb, with so much just joie, the joie de vivre. I admire you so much for what you do and What you bring.
0: I'm not, I'm a flawed individual. I cry, I pout, I scream. You're just seeing the good me. It has been very difficult.
1: I just lost my train of thought there because.
0: (laughs) Well, I I tend to make people do that because I'm such a chatty Kathy that if you get me started, I just am like that Energizer Bunny. I just keep going. I've
1: never met anyone with your level of energy. Well, maybe, but not many people to sustain it and to give the level of energy that you do let's go back to bollywood yes. you've been isolated in your cabin yes throughout the pandemic right it's been hard on everyone
0: it's and- been hard and i was having a hard time seeing because uh, evidently when you get diabetes the sugar crystals build up on your cornea i couldn't see at night at all i couldn't paint i couldn't read and i had to have something to do and i had seen every film I mean, every film that I wanted to see. So I thought, well, I'll start watching foreign films. And I remember years ago, I watched Bride and Prejudice, which was a takeoff of Jane Austen. And I pulled up something, and I don't remember what the first film it was I watched. I wish I'd taken note, but I discovered this actor named Shah Rukh Khan. And when I go down these rabbit holes, I start researching. And I found out he's the biggest star in the world film star in the world. He makes more money than any film star. And I never even heard of him. And then I started watching his films. And it's the first time in my life that I ever started out with his television shows that he did when he was just a kid, really. And then he immediately became a Bollywood star. And I watched all of his films that I could get a hold of clear up to the ones that are made today. And many of them are made here in the United States. Raw One and my name is Khan and zero I think parts of them done here in the United States and he's got like 15 coming up. He is huge. And what else I loved about it, he's not a young man. He looks great. I mean, he's like 55 and I'm 64, so I I was inspired by him. There's a wonderful thing called YouTube. You get on it. And I started listening to his speech. He's done Yale Talks and TED Talks and gotten all these doctorates from all these colleges. And he's well-educated. He has degrees in economics. And I just started watching these films. And then from there, I'd see another actor and I'd start watching their films. And then I started getting books. One of the first books I got was Bollywood. The films, the songs, and the stars. I just started reading that. And then I ordered the only book I could find on him. He's working on a book, but he hasn't come out with it. But it's called King of Bollywood, Shah Rukh Khan in the Seductive World of India Cinema. And Pama Chopra, who is a film critic in India, wrote this book. She's done more interviews, and I watched all of them. And the more I watched, the more impressed I was, because he's married to a, a wonderful woman, who Gari Khan, who is Hindi. And He is Indian, but he's Muslim. What I love about their marriage and their children and their family is that he's another man that practices what he preaches. He started the Mirror Foundation, which is helping all these women. He grew up in a family of women, but he lost his parents at a very young age. And the more I read, the more I wanted. And so I just have been I've seen all of his films multiple times, and now I'm reading every book I can get my hand on, on anything to do with the history. I have I bought a, a book called The Taj Mahal, reading all about it. I just got in since I talked to you about setting this up, a new book. I'm really excited about, Jaipur City Palace, and it looks really exciting to me on the every part of India has different stories. There's over 500 different dialects. I've been trying to teach myself. I'm trying to learn the language. And honestly, I've watched so many of the films, I don't even need the subtitles anymore. I can't explain it, but it's osmosis. I don't understand the language left, but I know "dil" means heart. I know, you know, G, Mama G. I know what these things mean. And I can piece it all together by, you know, everything is done in a heightened sense of acting. And I get the storyline, and I'm in love with it. And the storytelling of India, I have to say I was ignorant. I always thought the best storytellers in the world were Southerners, because my favorite writers have always been Southerners. They're Pat Conroy, they're Fanny Flagg, they're Ellen Gilchrist and Mark Childress and Michael Morris and Cassandra King and, you know, uh, Eudora Welty and Tennessee Williams. But then I discovered how ignorant I was because once I started reading the stories, I just finished uh, an Indian author that I discovered on another blogger. Her name's Anju Gatani. She lives in Atlanta, Georgia, but she's lived all over the world. And she's got a new series called The Winds of Fire uh, Duty and Desire, set in India. It's a romance. And I've watched all these films, but I hadn't really read any books. This book is fantastic. It really helps you understand the culture, the arranged marriages, the patriarchy, how women are here in the United States. We think we're being held back. Oh, We need to go to some of these third world countries like Afghanistan or Pakistan. You cannot believe things that we just take simply for granted going out of the house without a head covering. Her book is fantastic. She and I are talking almost every other day now because I fell in love with her books. What's funny is she had over 500 rejections for this book. And she was on our meeting the other night and she said, then out of the blue, you come along and you say, I'm going to make this a a pick for 2022. Now I've got all four. She's got four books in this series that one's coming out in June. She says they've been option for Netflix. She said, nobody knew what to do with it. And I said, the world now, no matter where you live, You can learn about other people. And so, as I travel in these Bollywood films and I go to the different cities, whether it's Jaipur or whether it's Calcutta or Mumbai or Bombay, whatever you want to call it, I'm learning that it's not, it's just like everybody thinks of the United States as New York or Dallas. And you have preconceived conceptions. The more you read, the more you know. The more you know, the more you understand, the kinder, the more empathy. You starting this Bollywood and Books is going to open up a whole world of listening to people that are ready and willing to go to these places they've never dreamed they could go. I don't know when that's going to be, but in the meantime, let's read like crazy.
1: Right. And I'll just say Bollywood and Books was born of my travel and the difficulty of the travel, but I stretched myself. I wanted to test myself. did you go
0: by yourself that's what i want to know lovelace did you go by yourself
1: that's going to be the first episode how it all Absolutely. came about first episode to launch in a, just a few days this will be after the fact
0: we read a book years ago about a woman who whose best friend had fell in love with a man from india and she said go with me to india it was the, it was called cooking for love It was a self-published book and it was this romp about these two girls that go to India and she meets him. And when she gets there, she finds out he's married. What happens is that relationship doesn't so much work out, but the girl that goes with her meets someone was the best book. And the next thing you know, this this self-publisher that helped publish her book took out a full page in the New York Times of cooking for love about this book and how the Pulpwood Queens had endorsed it and everybody should read it as Sharon Bernstein was the author. And this was a precursor to when I picked Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. Nobody had heard about this book. And then, and then it went on to film fame with Julia Roberts and, you know, they go to India. And I think little seeds were being planted along the way, connections are made. And it's only because I'm a reader, but that Bollywood seed was planted when I started reading these books. And I started watching these Bollywood films. And I just ordered two more poetry books. I want to learn everything I can about this country. It fascinates me because they have literally turned their country around in the past two decades.
1: Your willingness to embrace other cultures and to spread the word about that is so important. And in this year of COVID and our Zoom, our connection, our connections are global now. If we take advantage of that, our horizons have really expanded. Yours certainly have. It's thrilling to hear, first of all, your kindness that comes from the heart, your generosity, the the way in which you wish to serve, to help people. I'm real big on generosity and service.
0: We're here to be in community with one another, and we are here to serve each other, to lift our lives up, and to recognize, too, that this planet that we live in is not ours. This planet is for us to work with nature and the animals and everything to keep it a beautiful place to live, not destroy it. That's why I like living with all the trees. People go, well, how often do you mow your yard? I don't have a yard. I have woods and I have animals that go through every day. Deer and armadillos and possums and every once in a while a fox or a coyote or one time I saw a bobcat. Wild hogs have run through. I have two lots here. I like that I'm living within nature kind of like Tarzan. If this could be elevated like a tree house, I would be in heaven. But my grandson comes here. He's just two. And he walks in and he loves Bollywood. My daughter goes, well, you finally found somebody to watch the Bollywood films with you because he loves them. In fact, I'm getting ready to start a whole series of paintings that are Bollywood inspired because the color, you know, the, the holly, the Diwali, the all the festival of the lights. It's just, I love to see the beauty in the world. If I could see some of those festivals.
1: Kathy, I think the riot of color in India, you will adore.
0: I would love to go there.
1: I was not prepared for heat.
0: That's it's the difficult. one thing I'm trying to get some weight off because if the thinner I am, the less I'm going to be so hot. But I don't tolerate heat well. I don't know how I can say that. You have no idea how hot it gets here in East Texas, and it's high, high humidity. And Houston, it's just like breathing water. I prefer a mild, cool climate. You know what? I want to see things too bad. You know, I've got to go. I'll just deal with it. And, you know, on one hand, i you know, normally at home in paint clothes, my hair in a ponytail and a ball cap. But boy, do I look forward to these Zoom calls. And I know this is a podcast, but we're videoing it. I love to dress up for these events. I just cleaned out all my closets and I got rid of everything except my costumes. I was playing dress up and people go, you are so crazy. And I go, life is too short not to make it fun. These rules that we have to look a certain way. I'm 64 and I feel like I'm just getting started. Honest to God. I finally got my college degree that I've been wanting ever since I was 17. And when I was going to college, they go, who becomes an artist in their 60s? Well, my friend, Lethal Meacham didn't even become an author until her 70s and she's battling pancreatic cancer, and she just finished a book. I'm telling you, it's the mindset that you set for yourself. If you're going to think you're old, you're going to be old. I hung out with all those kids on campus, and the funniest story is my daughters came onto campus to find me one day. They saw one of the guys that's one of my studio near me working, and they said, do you know Kathy Murphy? And he goes, Kat? He goes, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she ran up to the library. She's up there right now. And they go, Mom, who's this guy that you just, I said, these kids, I swear to God, they were wonderful. They helped me get through college. And I work with youth group all my life. When you surround yourself with young people, you stay young. You have to be careful that you don't get into that recliner, rocking chair stage where you just sit and yeah. let life go by on the TV set. You've got to get out see the world and go and do, but you need times to rest too. I love you. I've always loved you. And we were friends for years on Facebook, but we didn't even really meet until when down in Fairhope?
1: Fairhope in 2019, maybe when you yeah. you came and we're at Page and Pallet where Fanny loves and Fanny Flagg loves. There were
0: Joe Formichella and Joe Suzanne, and Suzanne Hudson. I was, staying, I was staying with them and we were doing a big art music event and never had more fun in my life. Met the best people. It's where I met TK Thorne, Maggie. I met, you know, so many people there. Fairhope is a cool place and I have a chapter there. I'm very excited about hopefully getting back that way.
1: We want you to come back. Definitely.
0: (laughs) I've got both shots now. As soon as we can get everybody vaccinated, I'm hitting the road and I'll probably be bringing Mandy, my executive director, with me, like I did with Tawana.
1: Mandy is a wonderful person.
0: I feel like I've met a younger me because we've had so many of the same life experiences. Though I will tell you something her writing is some of the best I've ever read. I'm telling everybody, mark my words, she's going to be. Famous someday because her two books, "Walking the Wrong Way Home" and "Sharp as the Serpent's Tooth," her short stories are great, and she's got a book she's working on that's going to be very powerful.
1: Well, we're coming up on just about an hour, but I wondered what questions have I not asked you that you would like to answer?
0: We need to start listening more. That is the secret. You can't learn anything if you're talking. So the more we listen you know, I don't have very much patience. I've had to learn to be patient. And now that I've learned to be patient, I've learned to listen better. And I'm talking now, but I get on podcasts. I love the new one with Teresa Backen that she's just started. This is the one thing I want to end with. If we would all just work together and not worry so much about our own agenda, If we could all work together and show that listening and reading and educating ourselves is important, it's education through reading that's going to change the world. We got to start treating our children better. I mean, if we treat our children like the most precious gift on the planet, they're not going to, that's, it all comes from those seeds that are planted and they can be a weed or they can be a flower that blooms, you know. So you have to be sure and plant the right seeds. So that's that's pretty much it. That's my story. I'm going to stick to it. I don't know how to explain it. I have to tell you that this is the probably the one of the best things that ever happened to me in my life was me, this forcing myself to slow down and listen. I never would have discovered Bollywood, but it got me. I, I have the whole last chapter of my book is on how Bollywood got me through COVID.
1: That's absolutely wonderful. Let's go back to you've talked about your art, The Pulpwood mm-hmm. Queens.
0: Where can people
1: find you online?
0: It's really simple. Everything is up on my official website, P-U-L-P, wood queens all lowercase.com publicqueens.com And my email is thepulpwoodqueen at gmail.com. All my book club selections, our calendar of events, our writers club, our book and film club, everything that we're doing, the Kathy L. Murphy show, everything we're doing is up on the website. And then subscribe to my Kathy L. Murphy channel on YouTube, because I've got well over 100 videos of our book events, author interviews, story times. I mean, you name it. I'm wearing crazy costumes, and I will probably be wearing more.
1: You're also wearing beautiful clothing that you've designed from your paintings.
0: A whole line of home fashions and fashions like pillows and and placemats and different things. And then I have clothing for both men and women. It's uh, shopvita.com under the Pulpit Queen. I've been doing that for some time. My art is a uh, right now up on my website on, on the gallery website for decorateornate.com, www.decorate But the, all that's up on my website.
1: I'm going to put all of that in the show notes so that people will know how to find you. Some of the recommendations that you have for the books about India or films that you've loved.
0: More than you probably would ever want.
1: What a gift you are to the world.
0: Thank well, you. I just hope I'm pleasing to God because that's the only person I answer to. I have deep faith and that's what's got me through everything, but I celebrate all faiths of the world. I have friends that are Buddhists. I have friends that are Gnostics. I have friends that don't believe in God at all. I think you reach an age where you realize, how do we know that what we believe is right? I belong to the Methodist Church and I... I love the fact that Shah Rukh Khan is Muslim and his wife is Hindi. He was asked by somebody in an interview and he goes, well, what do your kids think about that? How do you raise your kid? And he goes, I don't know. They're just confused. (laughs) But the way we see it is when they grow up, they make their own decision. I figure about the time I get it all figured out, it'll be time to head to that big library in the sky or whatever, wherever place we go. Wherever Twan is organizing books right now or getting the choir going, I I just really believe while we're here, remember that life is a gift and every day is a present. So live in the present, you know, really live in the present and understand that no matter how bad it is, there's somebody else in the world that's got it.
1: And being in the moment is so important. That's one of the things that I found in India, to be present, to be in the moment. And I've brought that with me. I don't think about bad things that happened in the past or or worry about what's going to happen in the future. I love having this opportunity to talk with you and find out more about you and just want to share your gifts with the world as well. Thank you. Thanks to Glasgow resident Jonathan Chapman Classically trained musician, artist, website designer And a really great guy Who introduced me to Edinburgh-based Red Note Ensemble And their album, Reels to Ragas Whose music you're listening to With renowned tabla player Kuljeet Bamra. For more information, see the show notes at bollywoodandbooks.com, where East truly meets West.